0: Welcome to the Football New South Wales Community Podcast, covering the great people, clubs and initiatives from around the football family. Today, we come to you with a special Female Football Week episode within the week and off the back of some incredible news from the New South Wales Government. I'm joined by Hayley Todd from Football New South Wales. Hayley, let us know what is your role within the organisation. Tell everyone what you do.
1: Thank you. Um, As you mentioned, my name's Hayley Todd and I'm Head of Women's and Schools Football here at Football New South Wales.
0: So in a timely announcement during Female Football Week this year, Football New South Wales was announced as the winner of the Her Sport Her Way Outstanding Organisation Award. Uh, that's got to make you immensely proud, given that it's the portfolio you head up within the organisation.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. And, uh, you know, Football New South Wales have strived um, over the years to be uh, the lead uh, participation sport for women and girls and to be recognised by a Her Sport Her Way uh, award is absolutely an amazing achievement. Um, You know, female football is uh, heavily um, structured within our pillars of our strategic plan. Uh, We have delivered Female Football Week for um, over... 10 years now. Um, There's a strong presence at all football associations with female football um, in their strategic plans. And and as a game, we're moving strong to to ensure that women and girls have the ability to play um, and are the participation sport of choice for girls.
0: So tell us more about the Her Sport, Her Way Outstanding Organisation Award though. What criteria Uh, Is it given for and what made Football New South Wales stand out? Basically, what's the reason that you've been recognised with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the criteria is around demonstrating commitment to strategy and initial pillar objectives. Some of the initiatives that Football New South Wales have achieved that have gone towards uh, being successful in our award were um, securing a $10 million investment into female football as a part of the New South Wales Football Legacy Programme. Ahead of co-hosting the the FIFA Women's World Cup, the program aims to leverage uh, the game um, that will be driving the world at that point and and improving the capacity and capabilities of our wider football community to effectively meet the needs of our fast-growing female game Um, since July. Football New South Wales have begun implementing uh, some of the projects under the legacy program and uh, a large part of that is ensuring that uh, facilities are being upgraded to ensure we can support the growth of the game, not only for females but for males also. Um, We have a range of scholarships available for coaches, referees, uh, administrators of our game to make sure we're building capacity and strengthening our community clubs. Um, alongside some of the legacy programs, we've also been able to secure some projects uh, for participation. So they can range from female gala days, World Cup activations, come and try sessions, um, some clubs of uh, looking at female cut uniforms for their teams, um, referee development, coach development, new training equipment, um, and new programs that will increase women and girls' participation.
0: Now, Haley, how long have you been working at Football New South Wales?
1: I've been here for 19 years.
0: And how many in your team at the moment?
1: We have a legacy team of five uh, and Northern New South Wales have their own legacy team that will also be implementing all of these initiatives.
0: And so when you see Graham Arnold or Sam Kerr using their press conferences to talk about government funding, does it excite you to know that you and your staff and your team at Football New South Wales, when, when that government funding and, and funding gets activated, you actually have the hands-on role in actually seeing how it gets spent in rolling it out and making sure that there's return on investment, but that you actually see results in the football community, whether it's you know, facilities, participation, growth, what have you. I mean, it must be nice to know that you've actually got a bit of hands-on responsibility in turning that vision into reality.
1: Oh, it absolutely is, and and to have advocates at a such high level promoting football as as an opportunity for government uh, to provide support funding wise means that uh, you know we can put in practice some of the the best playing environments that the players can and coaches and referees and and spectators can have, and uh, to know that we've got advocates at such a high level promoting football, uh, uh, you know, above all other codes is a real benefit for us and, and having hands-on involvement in making sure these programs are delivered um, has a, you know, satisfying for myself and my team to be able to be part of such a huge journey.
0: Female Football Week's been going for a decade. Um, tell us about the role football New South Wales has played in, in growing it into what it is. Obviously, it's been adopted nationally. I mean, I used to work at Football Victoria and, and we used to roll out our own version of it. But I guess you've been, as you mentioned, uh, involved for almost two decades here. So where has it come from and where has it gone and then where do you see it going?
1: Absolutely. Look, we we really invented Female Football Week to to shine a spotlight on female football and, and really drive uh, participation and and other areas of our game and. And supporting local clubs and associations to um, provide uh, come and try activations to, to celebrate the amazing women and girls that they've got within their, their footprint. Um, Female Football Week uh, has come a long way. Initially, it was Football New South Wales driven events only, and now the associations and clubs are absolutely driving uh, Female Football Week. You know we've had close to forty um, applications to to host events. Um, 60 amazing profiles have come through of amazing uh, men and women in our sport who are really driving female participation at a local level. Um, And we hope that, you know, one day there won't be a need for for a female football week because uh, female football will consume 50-50% of our participation base.
0: And where do you see it going into the future? I mean, you say maybe not a need for it. I think it'd still be nice to to celebrate it, even if we do uh, meet 50-50 at at some point in hopefully the not too distant future. But what do you think the, the next goals or aspirations or aims are as not just the initiative in the week, but also your team and your staff continue to grow and raise the profile?
1: Absolutely. Look, um, you know, uh, Female Football Week started as a New South Wales initiative and it's grown to a national event, um, which further helps, I think, us in football Australia in, in obtaining Uh, Funds and dollars for for female football um, and to be allocated to be coming back down into our community clubs and associations to improve the standard in which we we hold ourselves accountable um, in delivering football. And, um, you know, for my team, you know, we've this year implemented, well, last year implemented a female football round, um, which showcases some of our high level players uh, who are, you know, dominating the field at an MPL level every year. So, um, you know, those players will then underpin the A-League Women Club. And um, I think it's a real uh, great way to showcase uh, female football right from grassroots all the way through to to our elite level in NPL and and certainly into A-League women.
0: And if I I can get you to be self-indulgent or selfish just for a moment, what's motivating you? What is your great driver that you would love to see happen, whether it's in the next six months, three years. And if you've been here for 19, I guess we know that you can commit for the long term. So what is actually the dream that's motivating you at the moment or, or something you'd love to see build or or happen in the future?
1: Look, I think um, hosting the FIFA Women's World Cup in July is going to provide the the big jump that we need in um, visibility of female football. Um, We're really lucky in the fact that we've got our Matildas who are arguably the number one loved female football team nationally and and even internationally. Some of our best players are playing internationally and and doing such such great things on the world stage. It only then helps promote our pathways and development opportunities further um, I'd love to be able to see every girl no matter where they live being able to access football equally um, and you know we, we've got a lot of work to do we're, we're still only 26 percent of our uh, registered database um, there's definitely opportunity for us to to improve and I think um, you know we've we're whilst we're 26 percent of players we're still very underrepresented in uh, other lead roles i.e. Um, coaches and referees um, administrators, uh, CEOs uh, on boards. So there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, we we held ourselves, you know, in great pride that we're, we're driving female participation as players, but there are so many other avenues that women and girls can make uh, great um, leaps in, in football.
0: Hayley Todd, thank you for joining us on the Football New South Wales Community Podcast. The, it sounds like uh, your team has a very clear direction of where you're going, and all I can do is wish you all the best rolling out all these uh, plans that you have for the future. Thank
1: you so much. Day after day, Kappa
0: rewrites the concept of sportswear. Kappa means teamwork, past, present, and future. Kappa never stops, because winning starts within. Two people, one brand. Kappa. During Female Football Week this year, Football New South Wales recognised 22 Female Football Week champions across six categories. However, only one champion from each category was able to be nominated for the national awards, which will be announced in July. I'm pleased to reveal on this podcast Football New South Wales's six national female football award nominees female player Hayley Sheen from Central Coast Football and the Entrance FC, female coach Brianna Wong from Hurlston Park Wanderers FC, female referee Fiona McKenzie from Football Wagga Wagga Referees Branch, female volunteer Caitlin Crook. From Eglinton Football Club and Bathurst District Football, female administrator Amy Shepherd from Sydney University Soccer Football Club, and Allied Champion Wasim Gonaim. I'm now joined by one of the female football champions of 2023 for Football New South Wales. It's Caitlin Crook. And Caitlin, welcome to the Football New South Wales Podcast.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So, for the benefit of our listeners, tell us about yourself, the club you're involved with and all the hats that you wear.
2: So I am Caitlin. I'm from Bathurst in central west New South Wales, so we're a small regional town. I have two children, which is, I guess, where my I can give some time to football started when my son was old enough and then I just continued to give. And um, I get so much satisfaction from it that I'm now... The president of Eglinton District Football, which is the club that we're involved with, but I'm also the mini football coordinator for our local association, so Bathurst Football Association, and I am the district coaching coordinator, so I coordinate all the rep teams for our association as well.
0: Do you live at the club? It sounds like you have a lot of things that you do.
2: (laughs) Uh, Definitely. There's certain periods of the season where I think I may as well set my swag up in the clubhouse. But once I get through sort of the rep season and I'm just focusing on grassroots mini football and club coaching, my life does simplify a little. So, but yes, sometimes it definitely feels like I should slip there.
0: So tell us about how many years you've been involved. You mentioned that family is the reason and the connection to the game and and your original reasons for taking up some of the roles that you have but how many years has it been and and what has the journey been like from say when you started to where your club and also where your regional association is at now
2: yeah so this is my seventh year coaching so i started in 2016 coaching my cousin actually their team needed a coach they didn't have one i was you know early 20s so I was like yep I'm happy to do this and it's just sort of ignited a passion that I really in se- enjoyed seeing that light bulb moment when they click to learning something new so then once my son started playing I thought yep I'm going to continue to coach him and now they're in under 10s and my daughters started playing this year so coaching both their teams as well as another team in under 10s A rep team in under 10s, a rep team in under 16 girls and a rep team in under 10 girls as well. So coaching's really been, I guess, my focus this year. I was lucky enough earlier in the year to be awarded our legacy scholarship to do my C licence. So trying to put what I learnt there into practice out on the pitch with the kids who are going to benefit from it the most. And my other passion, I guess, in all of that is the growth of the girls' game, um, women's football. So coaching the under-10s girls' rep and the under-16s girls' rep, I sort of have the girls just stepping into that rep arena and the girls who have been in it for quite some time. Good to get both sides of the coin there, I guess.
0: Before we talk about those rep teams, I wanted to take you back to you mentioned the New South Wales Football Legacy Program. Tell us about that experience, I, I guess, you would have had so much work as a hands-on coach teaching people the game. What was it like to sort of see what it's like doing a C licence and perhaps mingling with, you know, senior club coaches that are looking at how they approach coaching adults and maybe higher levels of, of the game with, uh, you know, adult players and how do you take what you learned back to applying it to, you know, players that are still really learning the game and, and upskilling themselves?
2: Yeah, so the C licence was a really big eye-opening experience for me. I guess standing on the sideline with other grassroots coaches, you're all very similar. But then if you stand beside someone who's done their C licence, just the terminology that they use starts to be completely different. Um, Instead of telling players what to do, you're more encouraging that self-thought Where do they want to go next and why do they want to go there? What sort of ball do they want to play? That I found all that side of it actually really interesting. And from the guys who ran the course, like Andrew Fernley and the people he had who come in and supported that, there was just so much knowledge to be absorbed over those six days. And then even the people that were other participants in the course, just the ways they did things and the ways they handled different playing scenarios and challenges when you are coaching, it was really good to bounce those ideas around off each other. So I think a lot of the people who were there w- were all youth coaches. I think one coaches Western Premier League, which is sort of our highest level of football out where we are, and he sort of had that experience of doing it with adults. I had the older, the coaching of the older girls, but most of us, yeah, still working in the youth space, I guess.
0: Just on those youth teams you mentioned the rep teams uh, from Bathurst uh, we all know that it's tougher for kids from regional areas to get ID'd for the talent pathways so how much responsibility do you feel to make sure that if you have young stars that are, are there to shine that you give them the best possible platform for them to show what they can do to as many eyes as possible?
2: A lot I, um, I find it quite intimidating actually once they get, so I've had a few girls last year and a few girls this year who have been selected into the TSP training squads. And just from the moment that happens, you know, that they're attending an extra training session a week, that there's an expectation that they're going to play for that team in a certain way, and then trying to still have them play to like the formation you play or what you want them to do in a game and trying to create that adaptability within them to be able to transition from one team to the other, but make sure what they're learning at training is applicable in both scenarios.
0: If I can get you to be self indulgent for a moment, what did it mean to be recognised as one of the female football volunteer champions?
2: Uh, I was, re- I'm really honoured actually to have been nominated and recognised. It sometimes can feel like a thank, like you get thanks from the parents in your team when you're coaching a team, but the club administration stuff and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in preparing teams for competitions and preparing clubs for seasons can sometimes go a little unnoticed I think so once it was put out there and that post went up on the Football New South Wales page I was like oh wow people actually do realise and yeah I I was really really honoured I was speechless for a little while I spent a while trying to work out who nominated me (laughs) and yeah just really proud actually.
0: It's great to hear now I wanted to ask What's the ambition, whether it's for the club, whether it's for the region, whether it's for one of the teams you coach or whether it's for you personally? When you are setting goals for where you want to go, I mean, you're seven years into what's been a pretty hectic journey. But uh, given the ages of your kids, it sounds like there's a long way to go. So <laughs> what is what is the ambition? What's the goal?
2: I big picture for me is I just want to see as many people love the game as possible, regardless of if they're children or adults, whether they've played for a long time or whether they're just starting out playing, whether they don't play and they're just in club administration, whether they're supporters. I just want to see more and more people love the game. I think that's going to be one of the great things that the upcoming Women's World Cup does. It's drawing a lot of attention and getting a lot of exposure. We can see by the ticket sales that people are buying into being there. And I can only imagine how great that's actually going to be for football in this country. From a local perspective and for what I want to achieve, I haven't really thought too much long term. I did the female leadership course that was just completed by Football New South Wales two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. And there's a lot of stuff in there about goal setting and um, objectives and things like that. So I'll take some time to reflect at the end of this season and work out where I actually want to target going and what I want to do with the club and the association and where we want to look to put them in the next few years.
0: Well, Caitlin Crook, congratulations on being recognised in 2023 as a female football volunteer champion. It sounds as though there is so much more work to be done though, so I won't hold you up any longer. Congratulations on what you've achieved so far and all the best going
2: forward. Perfect. Thank you very much.
0: Before finishing off, we want to pay tribute to the clubs and associations who have got behind Female Football Week in 2023. We had a total of 52 official events taking place across Football New South Wales community, making it the largest female football week to date. Thank you to all our club volunteers, administrators, coaches, referees and of course the players for making the week so special.